All right, before we get started, I want to let you know today's episode of Gap to Gap is brought to you by Trophy Smack. And if there is a season this year, whether it be baseball, whether it be football, you know what? We might even finish the basketball season. You got to be ready to play some fantasy. You got to be ready to show your friends who reigns supreme in your league. And you can level up your smack talk with Trophy Smack. With fully customizable rings, trophies, and glorious championship belts, there's never been a better time to give your league a facelift with a brand new trophy. With exclusive swap tops, the winner gets the spoils, and the trophy is brand new for next year's champion. Top your trophy with style, styles like a football, a toilet if you go if you want to celebrate the loser, Donald Trump, Jesus, even a unicorn. Fantasy football, fantasy baseball, basketball, anything you want. Your sort, your search for a new trophy is over. Hop in on all the fun at our promo URL bitly slash breakdown trophy that's bit.ly slash b-r-k-d-w-n-t-r-o-p-h-y so they know that we sent you and level up your fantasy smack talk with trophy smack today seven you'd probably whip my ass in a fantasy league but we're ready to go episode number 50 let's do it now it's time for a breakdown You're listening to Gap to Gap, brought to you by The Breakdown. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. A swing and a drive to deep right. Away back. Goal! Jason Giambi has done it. Episode number 50. A.K.A. Ferrari. A.K.A. Half a Century. A.K.A. 5-0. No. Ah, fuck it. I, I messed that one up. Let's go. Seven, what's up, buddy? I'm good, man. We got baseball back in more ways than one now with the KBO. Um, hearing some positive rumors, although depending on which side you're on in this heated Twitter battle... Who knows what to believe anymore, but uh, positive rumors nonetheless, and I'm just getting excited again. Spring training to electric boogaloo. Yes. I'm ready for it. I I would love it. I think it's, in the words of Bruce Buffer, it's time. Yeah. No, I think it's time. Um, so, I mean, I, I think honestly, without getting too deep into the COVID shit, because we hear that every day, all day. Uh, we don't want to overanalyze news or get crazy here. But my take is this. When you have quarantined for this long, we're on 50 plus days now. 50, if you can believe it, of quarantining. When you've gone this long without seeing civilization and enjoying sports and basically just enjoying life as we once knew it and again we won't enjoy it the way we once knew it for a while i think but when you deprive people of something as enjoying as the mlb or any sport for that matter for this long it's time 
And whether or not there's fans, whether or not they're going to be playing in different locations or they're playing at their home ballparks, I don't care. I just want a product. I don't need the product. I need a product because I am hurting to see some MLB baseball right now. I'm hurting for any sort of American baseball. That's and, what I'm saying. I, and like the, the, the CPBL has been amazing. <laughs> we, we, we greatly, greatly appreciate that being a bridge and the KBO on ESPN, and you know, like we talk about um, the uh, just the the exposure to the Asian game has been absolutely amazing. But all that aside, there's no denying that the product on the field is not the level of American baseball, and that is what we're jonesing for at this point. Yeah, and that's any sport in America, really. And again, you know, I said it, but for those people that are being ignorant to the fact that there's going to be fans, it's going to be just how it was before this, like, they're clueless. I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news, but it is not going to be that way. It is going to be a product that is modified for this current time to fit that model of social distancing player safety, I get all that. And if they can strike a deal, and I think a lot of places or a lot of different sports have had those preliminary discussions. I think baseball is the furthest along in terms of trying to figure it out. Um, A lot of it will come down to just money, and we'll talk about it in a second, but that's going to be the main hang-up. I think the players want to play, viewers want to see it, but we have to brace ourselves that it's not going to be packed stadiums. It's going to be empty stadiums and us – Watching at home, we're not going to go, but I will take that right now. I, all I want is American baseball. I want to be able to watch the Yankees. I want to be able to see Garrett Cole pitching his fucking pinstripes once, and that's fine with me. I don't. We don't need the minor leagues right now. I mean, I get everything that's going into these discussions. I understand it. Just give me something right now. So let's talk about that for a second. Let's talk about the reopening. Where is Massachusetts at right now? Because because Ohio is kind of in the, the, the preliminary stages of ramping back up. I know mm-hmm. my sister's an occupational therapist. She went back to work this week, and retails is opening up next week. Okay. Where are you guys at? So we're, in, we're still in a very bad spot because the Northeast has been the hotbed. So yeah. um, I know it's, it's weird because Massachusetts and New York – and New Jersey uh, have all been hit pretty hard in terms of cases, at least. Nothing like New York, obviously. Um, but Rhode Island is a strange... It's, it's strange because I think they are on track to reopen before Mass when it's such a small state, but there's still a lot of people there. It's a densely populated small state. Yeah. So it, it's strange to me. And I don't know what that is all about. Maybe the governor just is trying to push it forward faster. Um, but we're not close in the respect that Ohio is or some of these other states. Um, well, I know Georgia, that. Texas, they're all Florida, too. all the Florida, all the way back, all the way up. Yeah. So, and so like, we're not there yet. And, and honestly, I'm, I'm glad that we're not there, there yet, but man, oh man, this is just, this is just a tough spot. And like, you don't want to do it too quick, but, but like we talked about, Man, we're ready for some some kind of change. Well, that's why I think part of me is so happy that Georgia, Florida, and Texas did it. 
And because at least now, after a couple weeks, you can have some data, not all the data, obviously, because it's only two weeks, but you can have some data and you can track it. You can see how it's behaving. If it's starting to not develop, a bad, I like this take. I it, like where you're going here. I, I think it, it allows you to see if the, like if the disease spikes at a crazy, like exponential rate of growth again, and you can say, okay, we reopened way too fast. But if it doesn't, and it's steady, where it's still probably climbing a little bit because people are interacting with each other, or it's you know staying level, then that's perfect because you have three totally different demographics within that. You have Georgia, who has a little bit more rural, uh, less spread out. It's a decent sized state. It's not Texas sized. Then you have Texas, who has you know giant cities like Austin, Dallas, Houston. Um, Florida, which is super densely populated, they have the oldest population in the country. So you can track all this and you can use some data and hopefully you can come to a conclusion that, you know what, maybe it is time for places to start reopening and maybe it is time that sports be brought back uh, in, a, in a limited capacity where there's no fans. I sure hope so. And like, I will say this though, I mean, I'm, I've been, again, like I'm just – Man, I'm ready for it to all all reopen. I'm ready for uh, again. It's got to be it's got to be the right way. I don't want to reopen just for the sake of reopening. I don't oh, think yeah. Breaking moves. Oh. League plans to provide MLBPA with 2020 season proposal within a week. Oh, baby. So we will have a finite 2020 proposal to the players association within a week. So Love that. And, and that actually gives us a perfect uh, chance to transition off of COVID-19 talk into spring training to Electric Boogaloo. According to Trevor Plouffe, former twin. Actually, I got a personal story about Trevor Plouffe. One of my best friends um, uh, went through some, so, like some cancer treatment, ends up being a cancer survivor. Nick's an awesome guy. I'm not sure if he listens, but Nick, if you do listen... Uh, you've been an inspiration to me, and, and, and your fight is, is awesome. Trevor Plouffe and, and Nick got in contact, and when the Twins came to town, he kind of had Nick as his guest. He got to watch the Twins on the field during BP, and he's kind of developed a relationship with Trevor Plouffe. So I have nothing but respect for Trevor Plouffe. And then you add into that the fact that now Trevor Plouffe's the guy breaking the news saying, June 10th, spring training two, July one, we're going live and we're playing ball. Love it. I love it. Love it. Although oh. I did feel so I read it and I it's it's funny when you see something like that come from someone who is connected to baseball, like Ploof, uh, obviously had played baseball, still knows a bunch of guys in the league. Um, so when he tweets something like that you instantly just believe it. But of course, like everything in this crazy fucking panic porn Twitter timeline, there's going to be naysayers. And then the big dogs came out and basically tried to shut him down right away. Yeah. Trevor Rosenthal immediately coming down. Ken, not Trevor. He just, I'm sorry. Yep. Yeah. Trevor Plouffe. Ken Rosenthal can't come down. Basically saying, nah, fam. Um, said this isn't a real thing. It's just rumor. Um, Jessica Kleinschmidt said she had a similar. It, she had that she saw a similar proposal to what Ploof saw, and then Keith Law, another uh, MLB writer, said, "Yeah, nah, fam." So a lot of conflicting things going on here. What do you believe is going on? I believe Ploof 
I I do. I believe him over Rosenthal. And Likewise, I, I believe him over that over that and, and law and all these baseball reporters because I think when you are I don't want to say just a journalist, but I think when you're a journalist versus someone who was in the game, who was in the actual league and who has these personal relationships with all these players and teams and coaches, then it's tough to say he's making it up because clearly Plouffe wasn't just tweeting that to get retweets. He actually has some evidence that talks are going that way, that they want to look at June 10th as a day to restart and have spring training V2. They, yep. Like, when Rosenthal isn't as connected, I think they see it as somewhat of a slight too, because they're maybe it's their egos or their narcissism, but they didn't get the scoop first. Trevor Plouffe got the scoop first, and he's you know he's dancing on it right now, and they have to come in and say no 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 this isn't official. We'll let you know when it's official because they want the scoop. They want the story. I get that, but I think at the end of the day, Plouffe wouldn't tweet something like that if he had, if he if he had less than 50% chance of it actually going through. So I think he has a pretty good handle on what he's actually saying. Yeah, I, I you know, I didn't think about um, the thought of, of, you know, guys like Rosenthal and Keith Law are more worried about the scoop that they're going to shut down, shut it down while it's preliminary. I never thought about that. I kind of like that take. I just, yeah, I, I think it's different. And I'm, I'm not going to say that they have no contacts or they don't have personal relationships. I'm sure they do. And Plouffe even said, it's like, I have all the respect in the word, uh, world for Ken, but I I would use caution in believing everything Ken Rosenthal and Keith Law and all these guys say because they're not connected to a personal level like Plouffe is where he's probably talking to his ex-teammates and ex-players every day without yeah. looking for your story. You know what I mean? I think it might come up with them when they talk to Trevor, but they're, he's not asking for a story to begin with. So I think any player that's telling Trevor Plouffe without him, you know, looking for that scoop is probably more authentic than if it was being forced out by a baseball writer. So that's how I look at it. And I know it's kind of a weird spin on it and it could be a big brain take here, but I just think of everything that Plouffe has versus what the what the writers have in his traditional sense, which is that personal level of friendship that Plouffe probably has. Yeah, and like it's kind of like the NFL, like with uh, with with a guy like Pat McAfee is like mm-hmm. some guys are just more comfortable talking to a former player mm-hmm. than to uh, a, a guy like Ken Rosenthal or I can't even think of any other um, what's it called? Any other beat writers? Well, think like Adam Schefter, right? I mean, well, I mean, I meant for baseball, but yeah, yeah, but like it's it's the same thing, right? I mean, you get crazy interviews, you get better player profiles when they go on Pat McAfee's show than you would if they go on an interview with ESPN and some anchors and Schefter. Yep. It's, I mean, it's it's just, it's that's facts. That's, that's just how it works. So when it comes down to something like this where Plouffe might not necessarily have asked at all if the season's starting again or when it's starting again, it might have just come up in conversation. Somebody just might have come forward with it, yeah. Yeah, so it might have just come up and Plouffe's like, this is awesome, do you mind if I share this? Instead of banging down the door saying, when's it starting? Like Batman looking for fucking Rachel. I don't think that's how Rosenthal does his reporting, but it's probably a little easier to just talk about it with someone like Trevor Plouffe than it is with a Keith Lauer, Rosenthal, or Passan, or any of these guys. Passan, that's the one I couldn't fucking think of. Jeez. Oh, um, <laughs> but according to Plouffe, six players from six organizations have told their uh, have 
have told him that they've been told to get ready for this potential June 1. Uh, the only one that's gone public is the Cleveland Indians, according, according to Ken Rosenthal. So, you know, credit to me for, mm-hmm. you know, being an Indians fan. Um, I Again, I think I'm on Ploof's side here. Yeah. Well, the fact is, after this comes out and a, an actual team is basically telling everyone, you know, circle this date and be ready to go by then, that should be enough – that should add enough fuel to this fire to say, you know what? This might be true. Mm, that's a good point. That's because a really it, good point. This isn't like players saying, oh, we're getting ready. This is a fucking team directing its players to say, be ready. So where there's smoke, there's usually fire. And I'm I'm totally on Ploof's side on this. Yeah, I think I am as well, actually. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm all in on Trevor Ploof. Um Trevor Bauer, not on Ploof's side. No, Trevor Bauer. Well, he's also an asshole, so he has to serve the pot. Fair. He said, uh, you know, I haven't gotten an email. If you want to see any live baseball, it's on Watch Momentum on Thursday. Fuck you. Yeah, here's what I got to say. The reason Bauer probably hasn't gotten any emails or any... Because nobody wants to email Trevor Bauer. Because no one wants to talk to you. (laughs) So, there's a difference (laughs) when you're a likable personality like Trevor Plouffe versus if you're just an asshole like Bauer. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with that. So, yeah, I I would tend to use caution when reading anything that Bauer releases. Speaking of assholes, Tony Mm -hmm. Clark. Big asshole. Big asshole. Uh, in, in your opinion, he could be the one guy to derail this whole thing. Yeah, when I say derail, I, I mean, you know, hold it up longer. I think at the end of the day, everyone wants baseball back in some form. Yep. The issue is going to be, it, it's going to come down to money. And this is what what Tony Clark's doing right now. And I get it. He has the players' interest. He's the head of the MLB Players Association. He, he wants to try to, there it is, nice crack. Um he wants to hold their interests as paramount. And I understand that. You have to p- protect your guys. It's the union. I get that. At, you know, where we are right now, entering, you know, the second week of May, and we're starting for any live sport in America, and where no fans are going to be showing up, there's not going to be ticket revenue. So you have to cut costs where you can. Clark is arguing that the players should be paid 100% of their contracts. There should be no pay cuts or anything. He basically wants it to have the same pay structure as years previous and years future to accommodate the players. In a perfect world, fine. If that's all it takes, go for it. But we're not in a perfect world right now. Mm -hmm. There is no money to be had. The fact is, if you can't generate ticket revenue from people showing up, then we simply cannot pay you that full amount without teams going under. Think about the Tampa Bay Rays right now, right? Their payroll is like $69 million, their entire payroll. So if a team like the Rays can't satisfy that without getting limited attendance as it is, what are they going to do with no attendance? They can't fucking pay anyone. Yeah, that's true. Versus a team like the Yankees who has way too much money where it might be feasible, but you have to look at it through the scope of everyone. So with the Royals, the Rays, these smaller teams that can't satisfy that, it just won't happen. And that's not any fault of the teams or the players that play on them. But at the end of the day, I think the players want to play as much as the fans want them to play. I think 
being selfish in this type of way for because this isn't like hourly wages we're talking about folks so this is millions of dollars for a lot of these players i think they'll get by yeah they, they definitely will it's i don't know at this point it's just a matter of i i mean i you keep i keep saying it like this but it's not a matter of of if or when it's a matter of figuring it out the right way you know what i mean yeah and that's the problem we're going to run into because there is no right way it is such a gray area now that no matter what whether it's reopening or whether it's baseball coming back there is no perfect answer and i think that's why it's taking so long it's because we need to try to satisfy the majority of people we need to satisfy the majority of teams and players it's, there's no silver bullet for this. It's, I mean, no one can count on making everyone happy. It's a fucking pandemic. We get it. We want to leave the house and we want to watch sports and we want to go back to life in some way right now. Mm-hmm. This is the best way to do it. So if you can find a way to play and players can get over the fact that they probably won't get their full pay this year if it were to happen, then I'm like, as a viewer, as someone, I... Again, I've never experienced getting a paycheck for thirty million dollars a year. So I can't <laughs> yeah, say, likewise. You know, likewise. I can't say it would make a noticeable difference in my life if I only got twenty as opposed to thirty. But if that's what's holding it up with egos and money, then that's a poor excuse. And that should be overcome pretty fucking quick. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I can't Again, we can't really speak from that perspective, but I don't say I don't think I'd necessarily disagree. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to be empathetic, but I can't because I don't have that type of money. If I did, maybe I could give you a perfect answer and say that why it would make such an impact in my life. I mean, like, let's think about it this way. Like, granted, salary much different than being an hourly employee. Yeah. But if you're an hourly employee, you get paid for the time you work. Mm-hmm. And if these guys are going to work half the time they should realistically receive half the pay. Yeah, I mean, even if it's 100 games, I, like whatever it is, depending on when you It start, should be prorated. It's exactly what the NBA did. The yeah. NBA already figured this out. Yeah. So why are we why are we struggling to figure this thing out? And why are we fighting for, I mean, Tony Clark, more than these guys are worth, or, yeah, more than these guys are worth, you're, like, that's literally like asking a guy, like, okay, I'm going to use Derek Jeter but I don't. I'm not trying to take. I'm not trying to drag Derek Jeter. Right. But let's say let's use A Rob then. No, because Jeter is actually a better example here. Okay. Jeter comes out. What year did he retire? Oh nine. No, uh, 2014. 2014. Okay. Why, did, why did I say oh nine? He won. A, they won a World they won, Series. Yeah. They got a World Series. <laughs> okay, so 2014, Jeter retires. Let's just say his deal expired in 13. Mm-hmm. That'd be like him saying, "Hey, I'm gonna play 2014 for the Yankees." But for this one-year deal, let's make this thing worth two years' worth of money. Mm-hmm. It's just not realistic. No. You're not going to overpay for a service you're not getting. Exactly. No, that's, and a, like, that's a perfect scenario. You bring the Rays. The Rays, again, are a perfect example. They can't afford the Indians, the Oakland Athletics. You could argue the Royals. Yeah, I mean, there's more teams than there. There's more teams that have limited payroll, as opposed to teams that have basic invincibility to any payroll disagreements. Like the Yankees and the Dodgers. Yankees, the Dodgers, the Red Sox, 
any of those teams, like, they don't have that issue. And, and I get it. And I'm, like, I understand. Like, Brian Cashman's probably not stressing about this too much. Because if push came to shove, he'd be like, fuck it, I'll just pay you guys. Yeah. But not every team has that flexibility, and not every team can actually muscle up that money because, remember, they furloughed a lot of employees in the MLB. They already mm-hmm. did that. They already cut a lot of a lot of people from organizations. Not players, but, you know, workers. So when you're sacrificing funds just to keep a team afloat, it's not feasible to then come back and demand that they get paid as if it as if these games had been played, as if they are playing a 162-game season, because they're not. And the reality is they won't. So you need to be flexible in that. And this is why the MLB Players Union is so... It's banana land, because it's the strongest union in probably the fucking country, if you really think about it. All, all the contracts are guaranteed. They have the most money that are given to players. At some point, they have to make a sacrifice. It's not happening the year that they envisioned, so they need to make that sacrifice now just to get back to playing. Next year, sure, fuck it. Go go nuts. Sign a fucking $500 million contract and go nuts. But this year, I just want to see the fucking games. Yep, agreed. Agreed. Speaking of seeing the games, uh, where uh, when when we get when we get see uh, this 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 league back, this league, this motherfucking league, where uh, where should we go to buy tickets? Seven. So if and when we get this league back, and if and when we can go see a game in person, you're gonna want tickets. I get it, Tommy. I think you want a ticket. I know I'll want a ticket. Pretty sure everyone would want a ticket. Damn you could right. You go to SeatGeek, and you could use the code BREAKDOWN, B-R-K-D-W-N, BREAKDOWN at SeatGeek for $20 off your first purchase. So Love if that. you want to go see the Rays, if it's still a team, after all this is said and done, and you want to go sit under the beautiful dome and contract coronavirus because of horrible airflow, <laughs> you can do that. But you got to use our code breakdown BRKDWN to get twenty dollars off that first purchase. Breakdown is or SeatGeek is awesome. Excuse me, they rate deals on a one to ten scale based on the best value to you. So if you want to sit in the outfield away from everyone, social distance the fuck out of that stadium, you can do that. But you got to use that scale. One means you're getting robbed. That's behind home plate next to everyone coughing on you, getting COVID. Ten means you found a great deal. That's sitting over by the race tank having a beer away from everyone else in that building enjoying beautiful baseball again you got to use that code breakdown that's b-r-k-d-w-n b-r-k-d-w-n for twenty dollars off your first purchase you seat geek not today but when baseball and other sports are back and we can actually go hell yes um i truthfully have no desire to go to tropicana field <laughs> but it's one of the 30 and i i i've pledged to do all 30 so I feel like I'm going to walk out of there just covered in COVID. Yeah. It's it's contained in a fucking dome, so chances <laughs> are it's... I feel of... like even if there wasn't a pandemic right now, I would walk out of there covered in, in, in something contagious. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. All right, let's talk about our favorite league, the CPBL. And, I mean, here's a question. Should we assign every MLB team a number at random and then just pick a team? Because we apparently pick fucking wagons. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's a good way to go. I, 
it is true. We do pick the best teams, and I mean the monkeys are eleven and three. They're they're the only team over five hundred in the CPBL. The monkeys are eleven and three. Uh, the brothers are in second at eight and nine. The guardians are six and nine. The Unilions are seven and nine. So although it is technically a three game lead in the win in the the win column, we got a cushion. Oh yeah, when you get six games in the loss column, I mean that's. I always reference the loss column because I think that's more important than the win column because yeah. at the end of the day, that's what affects the winning percentage anyway. That's the most. So, uh, yeah, the Monkeys are an absolute unit of a team, so I'm very happy that we picked them. Uh, the fa- Again, I mean, they just put up runs. That's They do. It's a very simple formula for them to win. They hit the I- shit out of the ball. They give up a lot of runs, but they always get more than the other team. At time of recording... Our boys are plus thirty six in the run column, in the run go. differential column. There you go. And that's just what you love to see. Things you love to see after fourteen games is having a plus thirty six run differential. Yeah, you really, really, really do. Now, is we we've talked about it at length? Is it sustainable? And actually, before we talk about is it, is it sustainable? I want to actually no. Let's say is it is it sustainable? Oh yeah. At this point, you have to say it is. I mean. We're 14 games in. We've had a decent amount of a sample size here. We can confidently say, based on the other team's records, that as long as you can hit in this league, you have a pretty good chance of winning. Yes, that is that is accurate. 30 games, 30 some games to go, 20 some, whatever, you know, 41, whatever. You get it. Math, it's tough. <laughs> um, there's there is games left to be played, but the monkeys have proved to be a, a, a solid team. Now let's transition to the KBO. Mm. The KBO, we've also picked a wagon. The Dinos are one of three 2-0 teams. Not a big deal, but kind of a big deal. Kind of a big um, deal because we picked them, so we're probably expecting, I don't know, an undefeated season. I mean, yeah. I mean, realistically, when you look at it, in the first two games of the year, every team that we've picked hasn't lost. True. Spot the lie. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Very the NC true. Dinos are awesome. I, 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 this is now. Let's talk about. It. Have you gotten a chance to watch on ESPN yet? No, I haven't because the time starts have been outrageous. But now, thanks to our ESPN Plus account, I will be able to watch. So I will be. Log- I'm going to log in. I'm going to watch the games at my own pace, uh, probably during work. Probably should broadcast that. I'm going to watch them when I can. <laughs> yeah, let's. I'll cut that out. Don't you worry. <laughs> but, but I mean, right now the only undefeated teams, the Lot Giants, the Kiwoom Heroes, and the NC Dinos. Our NC Dinos. It's funny because Joey told us when we spoke to him that the Dinos were not good. Or not, I shouldn't say not good. They're not great, but not terrible. They're a middle of the pack team that could catch fire at any time. And that's, you said a Brewers type, and I like yeah. that. Yep. So I like the Brewers comp. Um, you know, scrappy team, but the Brewers. A lot of people forget that they were one of the best teams in the NL a couple of years ago. So damn right they were. Uh, as I think, as long as the Dinos, I, I think with them it's going to be very interesting too, because based on the other rosters I've seen, the Dinos don't necessarily have. That one, you know, shining talent. They don't have someone that can change a game. I love Aaron Altair. 
um, being on that team. I think he's going to provide them some good, you know, leadership coming from the MLB, having played at a higher level, probably understands, you know, the pitching a little bit more. Um, so I get that, but they don't really have like that ringer that some of these other teams have. So I think it is going to be interesting to watch. I don't think the Dinos are the best team in the league, but they probably will be now because you and I have taken them as our team. So yes, I would agree. Yeah. Also, I've seen Twitter has taken a loving to the Dinos. Oh yeah. Well, what's not to love, right? There's so much you can do with the Dinos. Anytime you have a dinosaur involved in anything, sign me the fuck up because <laughs> there is so much meme potential for this team. We're well, uh, having I mean, a lot of fun with them. Yeah, I'm all in on it. Uh, I I think that this team is is fun. And let me ask you, has I know that we've made uh kind of our our mark being CP, CPBL guys. Mm-hmm. Has the KBO, especially with it being on ESPN, drawn your interest away from the CPBL? I wouldn't say that. I think there's room for both because the beauty of it now is we have two leagues and we have double the games. So we can And we're still not at a full MLB plate. I yet. know. And, and I think that's beautiful because I can now with ESPN Plus, it's easy to watch the games at a later date. Yeah. Or at a later time, I should say. You can conceivably follow the CPBL in the morning, watch it on Twitter, live stream it, however you live stream it now. So I want to talk about that when, you, when, we're, when you're done. Yeah. But, you know, take a lunch break, throw on some KBO. Like, just don't look at scores on Twitter or anything and try to stay as less current as you can with the KBO because that's obviously going to be a deal breaker for me if I know the score before watching it. Yep, likewise. Now, you mentioned live streaming the CPBL. Mm -hmm. I have a bone to pick with that. Mm -hmm. 11 Sports Taiwan, which is where I watched our monkeys, has gone behind a paywall. You knew it was going to happen. 250 American per game to watch CPBL on 11 Sports Taiwan. Now... Conversely, the brothers broadcast on Twitch, the Fubon Guardians broadcast on Twitter. I think the Unilion, I'm not sure exactly what the Unilions do, but there is, I would say going behind a paywall is the opposite of what these guys want to do right now, especially with the KBO opening up on ESPN. I think that's why they did it. You know, they need to try to find a way to make money when people start flooding to the KBO and knowing that. But I'll tell you what, that that to me as a very, very, very amateur CPBL fan, that is more likely to drive me to the KBO than it is to keep me to the CPBL. I agree with you. I think it just comes down to greed. They want to try to make money while they still can. And this is their best way of doing it in their eyes. Um, You know, they're getting fans back too. They are going to be holding a thousand fans at a time moving yep. forward, which is huge news. Um, but until that happens and they have the threat of the KBO and the MLB maybe resuming soon, they need to try to make money as quickly as possible because when it's all said and done, there's just no way they can compete with those other markets. And they know that. And that's not a knock on the CPBL at all. It's just, that's the nature of the beast. And that's, you know, what happens when you have better comp, like, if it's a better level of play in the KBO that's being offered, yeah, a lot of people are going to move over because they want to see that. But, you know, personally speaking, 
I want to keep watching the CPBL, so it is unfortunate that they, that they're going to do that. And of course, it's with the best team in the league, and it's our monkeys. But yeah, and that's the thing is, I think I think they were seeing record numbers on their on their Twitter streams, mm-hmm. and I just don't understand the, the the logic of going behind a paywall. Well, I mean, you and, just said it; they were seeing record numbers. Why not translate that into cash? But here's the thing: how many there's like. The reason they saw record numbers was because Americans were starved for yep. baseball. That's true. No, I, and with it, without a personal connection to these teams, I don't think Americans are going to be as willing to duck behind a paywall, especially when you corner that with, oh, if I go on Twitch, I can just watch the brothers. Yep. Or if I go on uh, the Fubon Guardians page, I can watch them. Like, the, the monkeys have my loyalty no matter what. But I, but not two fifty a game loyalty. No, I, I watch them when they play somebody. I can I can stream it for free. No, Truthfully, sure. that's the beauty of it too. There's only four teams, so <laughs> um, for seventy five percent of the time, conceivably you'll be able to watch it for free anyway. Yeah, exactly. So it, it, I think it's a dumb move. I'm not. I agree with you. I don't like it. I think in the end they're just probably trying to make a quick buck. They as they see fit, and this is probably the only way they saw how to do it. Uh, I'm not endorsing it at all. I, to your point, I'll keep watching the monkeys when I can, but I'm not going to pay $2.50 every game to watch them when I don't have that personal connection. That, like, if this was an MLB game and it was like, oh, if you want to pay two fifty to watch the Yankees, sign me up. I'll do it. But I don't know. But what. you're not a lifelong monkeys fan. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I just started watching them. I'm still getting used to it. I don't have enough you know, familiarity with it to say if it's worth $2.50 per game on my end. I know it doesn't sound like a lot of money either, but that shit piles up. No disagreement here. I I, I mean, I don't, I, I got nothing. I got nothing. So why, you're telling me it's, it'd be, uh, shit, math again, seven fifty <laughs> to watch a three game series, man pass i'm out i'm out on that i'll to your point i'll watch them when they play the brothers or the lions or the guardians i'll watch them that way i don't have bingo. to watch it on 11 sports i will miss the home run calls but i am willing to deal with that bingo all right you got anything else buddy i got nothing else other than i think the dinos are gonna fossilize the rest of that fucking league so yeah i just, while we were talking i bet uh i bet on the dinos i bet on the monkeys and apparently I'm a big UFC guy now because they're starting back up on Saturday, and I bet on that too. So maybe I'm a degenerate. Maybe I'm a bit. Maybe I'm just a. Uh, no. Maybe it's Maybelline. You're you're just you're living in the moment, and the, and when moments are fleeting in this time, to, you have to capitalize on each one you can. I'm a, I'm with you there. Yep. Um, I think the only music that's fitting is the one that's starting up underneath me right now. The Jurassic Park theme to take us out. Yes. He's seven. I'm Tommy. We're out. Jurassic Park. See ya.